Welcome to the Cog Pod, a Star Trek convention podcast, a proud member of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Here is your host, Ron Robel. Greetings and welcome to the Con Pod, a Star Trek convention podcast, part of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. As of our recording, we are currently 180 days away from the 57-year mission in Las Vegas. Today's episode is going to focus on cosplay. Um, we'll have a panel with some fantastic guests who are cosplay professionals uh, with some great advice. But before we get into that that panel, I wanted to talk about some of the recent announcements for the event coming up. Um, just this week, Creation did release some information on some of the events that will be happening. Um, notably, the Saturday Night Gala will be returning this year. Um, not a lot of information out. We know it will be a star-studded Trek cabaret for a night of music and entertainment, um, with performers being announced soon. Uh, the gala is included for all gold, captain's chair, or copper packages. Um, there's also tickets available for $65. Um, should be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know, in the past few years that I've gone, I've never seen a Trek cabaret, so definitely something different and worth seeing. They also announced a lot of science panels that will be coming up. Um, one of the guests for the convention is Professor David Williams. Uh, he's from Arizona State University School of Earth and Science Exploration. And some of the panels we'll be seeing, um, there's a Planetary Defense Begins. I'm focusing on NASA's DART mission. Return to the Moon, we'll be looking at Artemis 1 and upcoming lunar missions. Um, they did announce again, Jimmy's Place will be back, a nice place to get food, drink, and some entertainment. Appropriate for this podcast was the announcement that the cosplay contest will be coming back on Saturday at the convention, uh, starting with the cosplay parade in the morning and then a group photo shot on the main stage. Um, and then the celebrity judged uh, contest, which should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, winner of this receives a $1,000 gift certificate to creation, so some fun to be had in the vendor's room. Um, guest announcements, we're at 27 guests right now, so that's going to continue to grow. Uh, looks like we're going to have a lot of fun with this convention coming up, but without further ado, let's get into today's topic. Thank you. Today's episode, we are tackling one of the most popular topics when it comes to Star Trek conventions, and that is cosplay. And to join us, we have three very talented cosplayers, um, all of whom have a heck of a lot more experience than I do. Uh, so we're excited to welcome Liz back to the show. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me back. And we have Stephanie, a first time appearance here on the ConPod. Thank you for coming on board. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks. And we have Kellen, the thrifty Trekkie. Very excited to have you as well. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. So let's jump right into this topic because this is a really big topic. Um, Stephanie, let's start with you and just kind of ask you, what is your Star Trek convention story? What got you joining conventions and what was your first cosplay? So I am currently in my second round of conventioning. I first went to Star Trek conventions as a teenager in Los Angeles in the early 1990s. So during the Next Generation era when Next Generation was actually airing. Um, but I didn't do any cosplay then. I didn't have, you know, a lot of money. Um, and then for me, Star Trek, like for so many others, became my pandemic comfort watch. So I got really, really into watching Star Trek again. Uh, right before the pandemic hit, I'd watched it with my kids. I have a 13-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. 
Um, my nine-year-old daughter is a huge Trekkie and my 13-year-old son is a bigger Trekkie than he'll admit. He absolutely <laughs> loves it. <laughs> but my daughter goes to cons and cosplays. So we went to uh, Vegas 2021. It was one of the first trips I did. It was the first time I got on a plane from um, after you know, the pandemic. And uh, and it was just absolutely fun. And I did a cosplay for it and had a total blast. And now I'm completely hooked on going to Star Trek cons and doing cosplay. Love it. And how, how so uh, I'm sorry, you said that was your first time doing cosplay was? Yeah, it was. It was in 2021 for the Vegas convention. And I actually got on stage um, with the in the finals for the cosplay contest, which was completely unexpected. Love it. And what was that costume in the contest? So in my real life, I am a PhD entomologist and oh. I have a business where I do educational programs in the Bay Area about insects and spiders and other terrestrial arthropods. And I had longed to find an entomologist in Star Trek and there's a brief one on Enterprise, but then I was rewatching Deep Space Nine and there was Marta who is a Bajoran Dabo girl who and dates Jake Sisko, she ends up leaving the station and leaving Jake Sisko because she gets accepted to study entomology. And so I imagined her as a Starfleet officer in the future. So I'm the Starfleet astro-entomologist, Marta. Um, and that's been a character that I've, I've had a lot of fun with. That's awesome, I love it, love it, love it, love it. And Kellen, let's hear your convention story. What was your first convention and what you got you into cosplay? My first Star Trek convention was SLV in 2014, and the first characters I cosplayed, I brought two with me. At that time, I had just watched through the original series and the movies, so my first cosplays were Dr. McCoy and Lieutenant Savick. And Liz, I know we've had you on board, but I don't know if we've asked you, what was your first cosplay at your convention? Well, actually, my first cosplay was about four or five years ago. Actually, it's almost five years ago. One of my bucket list items was to go to any old con. And if um, I went with some friends to Supercon in Miami, I cosplayed um, Dr. Crusher and I met Ms. McFadden and she said, I looked more like her than she did. And <laughs> I, I really, and then at the same time, I met the Delta Fleet and the rest is history. So um, I'm, I, I do things with the Delta Fleet in Florida. And I also, well, I, the thing that made me, I was thinking about this the other day and if there's a costume required, I, I'm there. And I've been like that my whole life. Um, for many years, I had the the most famous uh, costume contest in the uh, costume party in the world. And I also danced for many years and I'm back dancing again and who oh, could more costumes to wear. What is so cool is that Kellen really helped get me through the pandemic. Cause again, I did so much social networking and we started comparing notes on our cosplay and, and mm -hmm. some of my stuff is on thrift trek. And Stephanie and I met on the cruise. Um, we were both cosplaying alternate Kira, but different costumes. And the rest with is history. So cosplay has gotten me through the world. And now we're kind of living in the world normally again. So again, I went to Vegas for the first time in 21. And but I didn't meet Stephanie there. And but I did meet Kellen. But last year, the first thing I did was have 
a quick meal with Kellen. And the second mm -hmm. thing I did, my first real meal at a convention was with Stephanie and her daughter and friends. So cosplay has really changed my life because it's given me not only fabulous friends, but it, it got me through that awful time. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Great As you know, I, I'm the talker. I, I'm, I'm the quiet one of the group. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of you, when you're when you went to your first convention, is cosplay something that has been since the very beginning? I mean, did you go to conventions just in regular clothes and see, you know, there are a lot of people that cosplay here? I know a lot of folks think you have to do a cosplay at your first convention. Is that the case? Or is it something where you can just show up in a t-shirt and shorts and still be comfortable? Or are you better off doing a cosplay? Or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Stephanie, let's go ahead and start with you. Oh, well, I mean, I would encourage people to come and just however they're comfortable, right? Like we, we there's a lot of that going on right now in discussions about the Star Trek cruise because they have six theme nights and people are nervous about, do I have to do a costume for all six theme nights? And you don't, you do what makes you happy and what, you know, and if it's store-bought and that works for you, if it's a t-shirt, if it doesn't even say Star Trek or whatever con you're at on it, just come and enjoy it. And then if you think that, you know, and Liz was just describing her cosplay experience and the friendships, one of the things that I thought was cosplay is an act of joy. But if you mm -hmm. feel like it's a chore and homework, then don't, right? But like none of us three feel like we have to do this. We just are compelled to do it, just like you're compelled to do anything else that you love, right? Um, so if it's fun, do it. If it doesn't add to the fun and it stresses you out too much, you don't have to, not everybody, you know, find your way to enjoy it. The cons are very welcoming from my experience. I love that. It almost seems like something where I know, you know, obviously we have a podcast here called the con pod, always planning the next Star Trek convention. And it seems like planning out your cosplays is something that probably can start right after one convention and get ready into the next one. So yeah. Kellen, tell me about your experience in planning out your cosplays. How many will you do at each convention? And, you know, when do you start that planning process? Um, you're exactly right. I tend to start planning for the next year, like while the current one is going on, or if I know that a certain actor is going to be there that I want to match, or I really love their character, then I'll, I'll plan ahead to put something together. Um, also, since I thrift a lot of my pieces, I need that time to find suitable stuff to turn into the final costume. So the more notice I have, usually the better. I love that. And Liz, we've seen a lot of new Trek, a lot of new shows. It's you know, we see a lot of deep dives and Stephanie, you had this with the etymologist from Deep Space Nine. I think that's incredible. But Liz, you know, do you see any of the new shows and see an episode and say, oh my gosh, I need to do that at the next convention. That's the perfect costume. Uh, well, Kellen and I may already have <laughs> something we've already made. <laughs> you're going to see the president of Navarre and you're going to see the president of the Federation and Stephanie and I have been discussing what we will match. I mean, last year, again, because of the friendship, Stephanie invited me to join a group of people from California. And I live in Florida. And <laughs> guess what? We ended up finalists. What a thrill. So I've been on stage. But yeah, definitely. I've Let's just say I've got now over 23 costumes. And I'm still waiting to hear, but I, I do want, I, I'm curious what they're going to do on Picard with the TNG, all the TNG people. So 
ladies uh, and and uh, peoples, guess what? I think we need to do something from Picard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I know for a fact I was bouncing one of the things I'm going to be cosplaying at at the cruise off you two ladies at the cruise last year. That was like, I think I'm going to do this. Yeah. And you were, you know, giving me opinions and ideas and encouragement. So it definitely starts. You get these ideas. And I have a few that I'm not, I haven't, you know, actually done anything with yet. And then a few that have been, um, you know, ideas for a long time that I'm working on. So. It amazes me how quickly the cosplay community has jumped to to do these new uniforms. I remember in 2019, Picard season one had just came on and the Vegas convention was in August. The amount of people that had the Picard costumes that they had either ordered or custom made, it's incredible how quickly mm -hmm. y'all can act and put stuff together. Somebody who's not very crafty or thrifty, it's very impressive. <laughs> um, so having said that, I kind of want to go around the circle and ask everyone, what is one thing you wish you had known before you did your first cosplay that jumping into it you said yeah probably could have done that differently should have planned ahead sure yeah um, when i started cosplaying i did not know anything about it so um i i just like to tell first-time cosplayers or people who have never done it before that it really doesn't matter if you if you think you have the skills or not the passion for the character is way more important so if you're going by yourself or you're nervous about it, I really encourage people to just try it. You're going to meet new friends through cosplay. Perfect. Liz, what advice would you have for a first-time cosplayer? When you're making a costume that you might have a bodysuit underneath it, make sure there's space for the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yes. I feel like there's a story there. but <laughs> Yes, there's a story there. And also my other story, Gail knows this one, <laughs> is that make sure if you made the costume a couple of years ago that you try it on before you go. So that's all. Just have fun. As I said, all of us kind of do things differently. Stephanie is so phenomenal at tailoring. Kellen is so fantastic at thrifting. And I'm a sales shopper. So I, I put it on my wish list from Amazon and then use it. I put things together and take them apart because I, I can't use a sewing machine. So don't let anything intimidate you. Um, my biggest thrill, I've had two thrills. I've... I had this year, one of the actors, Shannon Cochran stopped me when I was in my mashup of what would happen if Mr. Spock and, and Yoda had a baby. And she asked to take my picture. I had IDIC on the back and Mr. Roddenberry stopped me and said he loved it. And the year before when I was Bloxana, who I believe is coming back again this year, Mr. Roddenberry stopped me again and told me his mother would love it, it, I can't even begin to tell you. Just have fun. My God, we've all gone through such <laughs> awfulness in the last couple of years. And now I guess I'm not afraid to go out anymore and just do what you want and have a blast. You, it's so gratifying. And, and as I said, look at, the, look at the three of us. I mean, if we weren't cosplaying, would we have met each other? I doubt it. Very true. So Stephanie, what are some advice that you'd have for somebody who's doing cosplay for a first time? Mm. Oh, here's a really practical little one that I've come to realize. So I was really excited about the magnetic comm badges when I first saw them. 
But my advice after having lost several magnetic com badges off of cosplays is that unless you are going to be putting it on something like a leather jacket that you really don't want to put holes in, go with the pin ones. It's just, it's, it's so easy to have things fall off when you're on a con floor, um, you know, and, and lose things like that. So I, I kind of, I like the pin ones now for anything except the few leather jackets that I have that I like to cosplay with. And then I, I use the magnetic, but um, yeah, and just have fun. Like, I, I, I like the point of the three of us being very different in our styles um, and, you know, how we approach it. I think a lot of people get freaked out that you need to be an expert sewer and you need to do everything from scratch. And um, I also think I'd love to see, I do a lot of Star Trek fashion um, and I, I'd love to see more just Trek bounding. Like you don't mm -hmm. have to do mm -hmm. a full like imitation cosplay. You can, you know, hint at a character with your outfit or your style. And I think that's, that's also great. You don't, I think that there's so many, so much more freedom in it. I love that. And for people that don't know what that, what, what is bounding exactly? Well, I've been, feel free to step in, um, Liz and Kellen, if you know a more succinct definition. But like I first heard about it through Disneyland, right? Where you're not allowed to wear yeah. costumes of characters, right? And so people would make these outfits that hinted at it, you know, that just maybe they were the color of Mickey Mouse's shirt and pants and then the shoes, right? Or, um, so yeah, just kind of having an outfit that's not a full-blown costume, but hints at a character. Is that is that how you define it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So you kind of touched on this too a little bit about making the costumes, but what is with all three of you? I've seen some very elaborate costumes, um, and these are costumes that you're not going out to a Halloween store and buying. These are things that you're obviously making. But what is the biggest difference that you find between buying and making your cosplays? Um, Liz, go. Let's go ahead and start with you. Well, if if I buy something, I have to add to it. So. I mean, my my uniforms, like like my crusher and my I have um you know from the standard old ones, they those were fine. But I ended up doing crusher because at the time I was working at Nordstrom, and a jacket went on sale that looked just like her coat, and I was like, oh, that'll work. <laughs> and um, I I I do both. I mean, as I said, I thrift some things and I, I take them apart and put them together. My Loxana took me over a year because I, I hand put beads on, on wire and did it when I was, and I was still working then. Um, I can't buy, I, and I, as I said, for the traditional uniform ones, and I tend to be a little more traditional with, my, with, my, with the Delta fleet, just because I can get away with a little more. Um, but I, I tend to, add something to everything but um right now the cost one of the costumes i have made i i've made for vegas <laughs> believe it or not i got the dress from amazon on sale with american express points so it didn't cost me anything and i have an old nightgown for underneath it <laughs> that was in my you know that i've had for years so um everything everything is different and a lot of times it depends when I did the shore leave group with with Stephanie last year, I I took old costumes and painted them and I took them apart. I I have a costume closet that you can't even get into. If anybody ever needs a costume, they come to me. 
but I, 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 I will paint gloves, paint things, and you get like 50 cent paint and, and, and cover something so you get the right color. So I've used the same pair of shoes four times now um, for, for different costumes. Nice. They, yeah. all seem to be nearly, they all seem to be nearly. The funny thing is I'm doing a recital for my dance studio and I'm using the baby Yoda that I used. I'm going to be Baby Yoda in the Disney recital, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, my my teacher is going to be the Mandalorian. So incredible. So you mentioned shoes really quick around the table, but any advice on shoes? Do you find that um, heels probably are not something we want to recommend? Do you still suggest doing comfortable sneakers, or do you try to find a shoe that matches the costume as well, Stephanie? Oh, I'm going to totally break that rule. I was laughing when I was packing for Vegas last year because I was completely in violation of the no, uh, of only comfortable shoe con rule. <laughs> I had, I had, because I did the the sparkly pink lady from Shore Leave. You know, you know how McCoy ends up with these two showgirls and I was the one, I was basically in pink fur and people thought that I was a Vegas showgirl and asked me for photos on the casino floor. And, you know, when you find the perfect pink rhinestone high heel boots mm -hmm. um and then on my seven of nine i was at uh the dsw store and they had the you know the that sale rack there they have the 60 percent off and there were like these perfect borg spike heel boots <laughs> so for me you know i can change out of them if they're uncomfortable um but you know it was it was um was kind of it was kind of worth it it was yeah. you know they weren't they weren't horrible and this is somebody who does not mess around with uncomfortable shoes in my everyday <laughs> life but it, it adds a certain you know shoes are one of those things that i think can really add to carrying yourself differently you know especially if you're wearing something you would never wear in real life um or you know in everyday life i guess i should say this is very much real life um yeah so when you get home from the convention, you just, you kick your feet right up for a couple of weeks and give them some time to, to recover. There's usually a post-convention <laughs> massage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And Kellen, any advice on, on footwear or buying your costume versus making it? I know you're, you are incredibly thrifty with your costumes. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So I really, the only time that I'll distinguish between making and buying is if like, because I like to say that I make my costumes, even though I don't make them from scratch, because I do kind of reinvent and dye and sew and cut and, and bedazzle things. But in costume contests, I find that they're a lot more strict on like, if you made your costume, it needs to be at least this percentage handmade from, you know, base materials. That's the only time I, I really see the distinction drawn. But otherwise, I, I do say that I make my costumes. As for footwear, I try to balance between comfort and looking vaguely like the character. So even if they're not exactly what we see on screen, if it's close enough, if it's like a character shoe, like a theater thing, you know, it's a plain shoe from the era, that works fine for me. So I have a pair of black boots that are pretty comfortable. Put insoles in them if you can. And uh, those go for any of my uniform costumes. I don't worry about different boots per character most of the time. Love it. So I Liz. want a pair of through boots so bad, though, I have to yeah. say. I, would, I walked on my toes oh, gosh. as a child, so I can be on my toes for a long time, and I yeah. really want some through boots. I actually had tried some on ages, wow. like long before through was even, before Discovery or any of that. And a photo of me <laughs> yeah. wearing them, and I look back at that photo, I'm like, why didn't I buy those? Because I had no Aww. idea, but I still kind of want some of those, yeah. <laughs> Love it. 
So Liz, you kind of touched on this. You mentioned your Dr. Crusher cosplay and Gates McFadden seeing that. Um, tell me a little more about that story. And then I'll ask Stephanie and Kellen tell a story about interaction you had with um, some of the talent who may have seen you in a cosplay representing them. Well, it was, I, I have two, well, that was really cool. And it was fun, again, on the cruise, um, Ms. Visitor saw Stephanie and I dancing and waved at both of us because we had we were both the alternate Kiras. And oh my God, Case Masterson. And she's like the most genuine, fabulous. I was dressed as Lita and she was so excited. She asked the photographer to take a picture for her. So it, it really is really exciting to, to like, you know, they're real people, I know, but you know, they're, they're like our heroes. So it's very exciting. As I said, my biggest thrill though, ever, was Rod Roddenberry telling me that his mother would have loved my oh, costume. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, then, and then the other one, I don't know, if I, I, I'll, I'll edit it, but when I got up to, um, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. Mark Alimo, Gal Dukat, I walked up as Loxana, he came out from behind the plexiglass, put his arms around, me and said, oh my God, you look the poop. <laughs> and <laughs> I had been joking with friends and I just looked at him and I just looked at him and I said, oh, Mr. Limo, I, 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 I'm so sorry about the pandemic because didn't you know we were supposed to have an affair? And I walked away <laughs> and the whole place's jaws had dropped. And no. I've seen that photo. It looks like a prom yeah. photo. He's got his arms around her from behind. <laughs> so great. So that's that's probably my favorite photo. Um, but I, I, I'm, as I said, I've only been doing this for four years. So, I, in, at least with Star Trek. I, I shocked the dance studio at Christmas because I dressed as a 50s girl. Because they were like, "Aren't you wearing Star Trek?" <laughs> it's it's really it, it's I'm retired, and it is just so much fun to have time to play again. Oh yeah, and oh, I I am old, obviously. So <laughs> I start out. I bring the good shoes, the, the shoes that match for the picture, and then I change into the comfortable ones. And I make shoes out of slippers too. Ooh, I like that. It's a good way to do it, yeah. I, I paint them, yeah. It's a nice thing with staying at the Rio too. You're indoors the whole time, so it, you know you don't need the outdoor shoes as long as they're as long as they're comfy. <laughs> correct, correct. So Stephanie, I've seen you in like an incredible Seven of Nine costume. Any great interactions with any of the celebrities? Well, if you don't mind me shifting to telling a story about my daughter's cosplay experience, because yeah. I really yeah. felt that the way that the celebrities interacted with her when she started playing, I mean, that was it. At that, this was at the Chicago, uh, at Chicago, at Mission Chicago last year. And she, that's what totally hooked her. Like, I, I forget it. I can't not bring her to a con. The only con I'll ever go to probably without her is the cruise, just because she's not old enough yet. Um, but she did a Klingon cosplay. Um, and she had a forehead prosthetic. She made her own little jacket. She made her own little mini bat lift. And now she's on a mission, actually. She wants to have her bat lift signed by actors at the con this year. Um, but the photos I have with her and like Mary Chifo doing these just absolutely great, like Klingon roars 
And then the most touching moment was she did a, a photo op with Ken Mitchell and you know raised her bat lift and his one of his people came running after us and said that Ken had asked to have the photo printed for himself as well and then gave her a framed photo. So my mm -hmm. nine-year-old daughter's got these, she's got a little track wall in her room and she's got a photo of her and Ken and a photo of her and Mary Chifo. And she also did Naomi Wildman at that con and got a photo with Kate Mulgrew. So, I mean, for her, that, that interaction, they just, they just love it. It's, and I've had, I've had similar, but of course seeing a, a young kid getting so yeah. our track, um, you know, that, that's such a great, they love that. They love seeing that. So. And that's I love awesome. those pictures too. It's so cool for her to have those memories to look back on. Oh yeah. I, I'm looking yeah. forward to her being my roommate as well as you, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all going to be, we're going to be roommates in Vegas. So, um, it's always fun to see some of the celebrities that are, you know, of a certain age, especially whenever they see young ones, especially in cosplay, their eyes just light right up. And it really, absolutely. such an incredible oh, experience. We got, we got in trouble because she was getting her photo with Walter Koenig, uh, me and her in Vegas this last year. And they did the usual spiel about no, no conversation, just move it along. And we get done with the photo and he leans right down and says, and who are you? Do you like Star Trek? How old are you? And he just starts talking her up. And then they said, move along, move along, move along. Cool. <laughs> like, he was the one who started it, you know, yeah. it was so great, that look on his face to see. And, and she's a fan of the original series before everything else. Um, that's her favorite show. So um, he loved it. That's awesome. And Kellen, any celebrity stories? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been going to Vegas so long. I've I've met a lot of the people that I want to meet and a lot of the characters that are most important to me. Um, I have a couple non-Trek examples, but I'll just, I'll keep them general. Uh, over the last year, I kind of had the chance to cosplay for my inner child. So I had the opportunity to meet two different actors that were in media that I loved growing up. So when I had the chance to meet them, now that I'm a cosplayer, I was like, okay, well, I obviously have to be their character. And as I put these costumes together, it really allowed me to reflect on how these characters shape my life, like what parts of their story I've integrated into who I am as an adult. So putting the costumes together was really rewarding. And then meeting them both times was really incredible too. Um, even if you know these people have seen their character cosplayed a million times, they haven't heard your story yet. So when you get to share with them, like, this is how I was raised, this is something that really had an impact on my life. I think it does mean a lot to them to hear that. And when they see that represented in the costume you created, it can be just such a cool, cool experience, um, which is why I always tell people dress up as your favorite character, because if you have the chance to meet that person, it's going to be unforgettable. I love that. And even to that end, you'll see a lot of folks, I think there are some people who do cosplay who look the spinning image of some of these characters. And I mean, your profile picture on our Zoom right now is you as Major Kira and my mm. gosh, spinning <laughs> image. Um, but you also see people that do cosplays that are completely off the wall that might not look anything like, but it's, it's for them to have fun. And I think that's so important when it comes to this. Um, one of the things that I've loved seeing is the gender bending of some of these characters yeah. as well, which is something that, you know, the Trek community being as open and welcome as it is, is something that you'll see really well um, at these conventions. Have you, any of you had experiences with this? I did Captain Pike. I did um, Pike uh, from Strange New Worlds Pike. I had very tall hair. 
Um, and that was, I had a lot of fun with that. I didn't realize how much fun I would have doing a, a gender bending costume um, until I did it. I, had, I have a friend who's a drag artist and he came over and he helped me learn how to like contour. He helped me actually, I paid him some oh, money cool. to help me with all, <laughs> with all of the makeup. So he helped me come up with makeup looks cause I'm not, I'm not great with makeup. And then he also showed me how to contour and oh, it was just so fun to like have those cheekbones and the high pike hair. And, the taller uh, the better yeah. with the pike hair. Oh yes. yeah, there was a lot of hairspray in my head that day. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I'm gonna do them on the cruise but I have an interior, like the cheapest interior cabin you can possibly have. So I think we might have to go out like on the general <laughs> populous balcony yeah. in order to unload. A wall of smoke coming out the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Kellen, did you have a story? So cosplay for me, kind of went hand in hand with me discovering my own gender identity so I when I started out I was like oh well that's a male character but that's who I like so that's who I'm gonna be so I didn't set out to make them a female character I just set out to be like okay well I'm gonna be this character for the day I'm gonna look as much like them as I possibly can so that's still how I approach it um, I will cosplay you know characters of any gender but I try to do it in their gender not by by bending theirs but by bending mine if that makes sense mm -hmm. so um there are different ways to interpret the term and all of them are, are equally valid like doing a drag version of a character or just changing yourself for the day um so yeah i have some experience with that because i've cosplayed all different genders of character love it um yeah i mean it's, I, I, like i said i think the cosplay community, I've, the closest I've done to cosplay, I did a uniform once, one of the Picard season one uniforms, and it was, for someone who's not entirely comfortable doing something dress up, it was very much out of my comfort zone, but felt fantastic. Um, yeah. Even for something as basic as that, you might go into it thinking, you know, you're going to get stared at. You're not. It, it, these conventions are so much fun that you can do whatever you want for cosplay. You can do t-shirt and shorts. You can be yourself. Um, and just have fun with this. I think that's so important. Um, Kellen, one thing I did want to ask you is Thrifty Trekkie. Yes. Follow you on Instagram. What exactly is the Thrifty Trekkie and how do you go about thrifting a lot of your cosplays? Sure. So the Thrifty Trekkie page came about after I had been cosplaying for a couple of years because I didn't have any sewing skills still. And people would wonder like, well, did you make that? Where did you get that? I want one like that. So I started just cataloging the processes that I used to modify pieces that I either bought new or secondhand. Um, since doing that, I've really tried to focus on just getting pieces secondhand. Um, it's a way to, you know, kind of limit the fast fashion industry's harm on the environment too. So that's pretty cool. But um, it's just a way to use things you already have or things that you can get pretty cheaply as a way to experiment and a way to explore different fandoms that you're involved in. I mostly cosplay Star Trek, but if there's a character I like and a cheap way for me to become them, that is so thrilling. So I just, I try to encourage other people to feel that joy too. That's awesome. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> well, I would like to thank all three of you for joining us today. Um, before we finish, I'd like to go around one more time and just say if you have any final thoughts and more importantly, how can people stay in touch with you on social media if they want to talk cosplay and Star Trek conventions? Liz, let's go ahead and start with you. Um, I, I'm so excited what Star Trek has done for my life in the last four years for so many crazy things that have happened for the friendships that I've made through Star Trek, to you three, and 
I am so thrilled to be part of this generation. Um, I'm Liz Garman Davies. I know I have the world's longest thing, but I'm also in charge of my high school reunion, which is why I'm not going on the cruise this year because I've got that in uh, October. But um, I just tell everybody, do just enjoy yourself. It, to me, the biggest thrill is cosplaying and people stopping to take your picture. I, I always reward people. I always have candy with me. So if they ask to take my picture, <laughs> they get candy from me. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you guys, you haven't seen. I am now making my own candy. But unfortunately, the vegan gummy bears taste the textures wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my latest retired lady thing. But anyway, live long and prosper, everybody. Thank you so much. And Stephanie, any final words? And how can people stay in touch with you? So I'm, on my limited Instagram, I am at so many beetles, beetles with two E's, because that was my, was my specialty as an entomologist. Um, and I, I'm trying to get better about putting more of my cosplay up there too. Um, and then, yeah, it, for me, it's just, I had no idea the amount of joy. You know, at first I started rewatching Trek because it was comfort. I couldn't, I needed something that was positive to watch. Um, my father had passed away right before the pandemic hit. And so for me, he was he was the person I watched Next Generation with um, when it was airing. And so it was part of the comfort was also that remembrance. Um, I had no idea how much joy and fun I would get from it. Like I, I just I thought I tried the Vegas con and then I rapidly became hooked. And it's just the people that I'm meeting from all over the world. I, I felt such a great sense of connection. And I, I just think it's such an amazing thing. And that, and this is true, right, for people, regardless of what it is, I've realized there's that commonality. I think Will Wheaton talks about this too, um, where it doesn't matter if it's tailgating at a football game, or for me, I get to experience this when I geek out about bugs with other entomologists. If you get to be around people who just love the same things you love, it really opens up the world for you. And so, I would encourage anybody who's thinking of going to a Trek con, especially people who are coming into the fandom from the new shows, try it because it really, it, it begins this whole other experience other than just watching these at home by yourself maybe. It, it brings up this whole world of, of other people and joy and connection um, that I've really come to appreciate. I love that. Thank you so much. And Kellen, any last thoughts and how can people stay in touch with you? Well, uh, Liz and Stephanie have said it so beautifully. Cosplaying is an act of joy for yourself because you're getting to know yourself better through your connection to the character. But then when you put that costume on and you go meet people at cons or events or even just put it on at home and put some pictures on the internet, you are finding people who love that character too. So odds are you have something in common. You like the same show or movie. You have something there to talk about. You're gonna get to know people really well, really quickly through becoming your favorite characters together. So I encourage people to do that. And um, if you want to follow me for Thrifty Advice, I am on Twitter at Thrifty Trekkie and I'm on Facebook at Thrift Trek. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and uh, we will be in touch. Thank you Sounds so great. much. This was so fun. Art.
Before we depart, I'd also like to thank the guys over at Five Year Mission for allowing us to use their intro music for this podcast. They were the house band at Mission Chicago, and more of their wonderful music can be found at fiveyearmission.net. We'd also like to thank our friends over at Fansets for being the official sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Their pins and more can be found at fansets.com.